Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, gang, now that we're going into springtime and summer, you know what that means. It's time to dust off the old family car. A station wagon, if you have one. And then, of course, pack up all your bags and head out onto the open road. To make a long story short, today's podcast is going to be about cars. What is it about cars that fires up the imagination of a typical red-blooded American male? Lots of people have theories about that, myself included. Some of these theories date back all the way to the invention of the wheel. You know, when Grog and Bubba got together back in caveman days, chiseled the corners off a square piece of rock, and came up with a miraculous object that let them travel twice as far as an antelope at four times the speed? Hmm, Grog likes stone. Me call it wheel. Well, it was a short haul from there to the days of the Roman Empire, when chariots ruled the ancient world, and highways were built all over the empire to accommodate this new form of transportation. One of these was called the Appian Way. Not to be confused with that old frozen pizza of long ago called Appian Way Pizza. Whatever happened to that brand? Uh, I don't know. I guess that's a story for another day. But anyway, I digress. Back to our story about cars. I can remember growing up as a kid and waiting for the old man to come home from work. Back then, he drove a 1953 Buick, a four-door sedan model with Dynaflow transmission. The sound of that transmission was so unique that the moment he came up the driveway, I could instantly tell that he was home. The other thing about that transmission was that it created this giant hump on the floor of the back seat where I was usually parked for long family trips. It was like a little mountain peak in the middle of the flatlands. I really didn't understand why this huge transmission hump was supposed to be there. It was just there, and I I had to put up with it. Now, back in those days, the old man seemed to go through used cars like changing underwear. About every year or two, he'd sell the old set of wheels and buy a new used car. But generally, it was never from a used car lot. It was always from a private seller or somebody he knew, like a co-worker. One year, he got this really cool sea-green 1960 Mercury Comet. It had these really neat slanted taillights on the back that looked like some kind of a wild animal. At the time, very few other cars on the road had that really unique feature. Only about a year or two later, there was a kid's show on TV that some of you may remember. It was called Supercar. Supercar. Supercar with beauty and grace, fast as can be. Watch it flying through the air. It was a British series featuring marionettes playing the lead roles, and it was set in the Nevada desert at some top secret lab where they developed this supercar that could travel on land, through the air, or under the sea. For some odd reason, I kind of associated supercar with my dad's Mercury Comet. Appearance-wise, it wasn't very close at all, but the sporty look and the way it just zoomed all over the place made me think of the old man's car. And here's something else interesting, folks. 
The interior of Supercar contained a little TV screen built into the dashboard, which showed the route you were traveling, just like our modern-day GPS systems. Wow! Wasn't that prophetic? They were 30 years ahead of their time. Oh, my. Well, when it came time for me to start driving, my old man, of course, made arrangements with my Uncle Steve to buy his old 1960 Pontiac Bonneville. It looked a little like a, a big boat. A big black boat that took up most of the lane on the highway. And it was in pretty bad condition. It was a real fixer-upper. In fact, the whole interior, you know, the cloth ceiling, was in tatters. So my old man, being skilled in carpentry, replaced that with cedar paneling. Seriously, folks, I was the only kid in my school to have a car with a custom cedar wood interior. But that was the least of its problems. It also had a tendency to stall out in the most inconvenient places. Like right in the middle of Route 1, the nation's busiest highway, usually during rush hour. Luckily, my dad taught me how to stick a pencil into the butterfly valve of the carburetor, which gave it more oxygen to start up again. But after that incident on Route 1, it was decided to retire the Pontiac and replace it with another new used car, a lemon yellow Rambler Ambassador, which the old man bought from his boss at work. I took that Ambassador to college one year and promptly got into a fender bender. Not on the highway, mind you, but in a parking garage on campus. You see, I was showing off to my friends and trying to drive really fast like James Bond through the ramps and turns and very close quarters of this rather cramped concrete parking garage. I took one turn a little too tightly and wound up smashing in the back passenger door. Luckily, I found an auto body shop in town that fixed it up as good as new, even down to the lemon yellow paint job, so that when I got home on semester break that year, the old man never suspected a thing. Oh. After that, like the old man, I too had a whole series of cars, including a little 1979 Honda Civic hatchback, which was my very first totally new car. Unfortunately, since I was living in northeastern Ohio at the time, which is famous for its blizzards and highways covered with road salt, that little Civic didn't last very long at all. A horrendous case of full-body rust set in, and despite my efforts to clean up the rust spots and to do some touch-up painting, it wasn't long for this world. So, a short time after that, I acquired an off-white four-door 1983 Toyota Tercel, which I wound up taking to Arizona and New Mexico. Of course, the problem in that part of the country wasn't snow and road salt. It was the incredible heat. So before leaving Ohio for the Sun Belt, we had the Tercel retrofitted with air conditioning, which wasn't the smartest move considering this was only a four-cylinder car. That meant when we were on the highway, we had barely any power at all to pass other cars or even to go up steep mountain roads. So naturally, that vehicle didn't last very long either. A number of years later, one of my favorite cars was the 1995 Saturn I bought when I moved to Pennsylvania. I bought it new, so it not only had that new car smell, ah. it 
It also had sports car styling, an incredible pickup when you really wanted to fly over those backcountry roads. It was medium red, aerodynamically designed, and low to the ground. So in a way, it served as a sort of throwback to my childhood days when having a supercar of my own was a fantasy that I longed for. Oh yeah, there's one other car that I'd nearly forgotten about. It was a Toyota Corolla. We bought it in Ohio with the help of my brother-in-law. You see, at the time, this car had been sitting in his neighbor's yard, looking rather forlorn and abandoned. The neighbor sold it to us really cheap, because, well, after all, it needed a lot of work. Remember that Pontiac Bonneville I mentioned earlier? Well, this Corolla actually claimed the new title for car needing the most repair work ever. It had been sitting in the neighbor's yard for so long, it had developed a few unfixable problems, like an electrical system that was completely shot. My theory was that the field mice in the neighborhood had started munching on the wires of the snack. In fact, the wiring was so screwed up that our mechanic was ready to throw in the towel and just tow it straight to the junkyard. It was a real shame though. This one, out of all the cars I'd ever owned, was the closest thing to a sports car yet. It was so low to the ground that you could literally feel your tush dragging all the way down the street. And it had a manual five-speed transmission with plenty of power. When it worked, that is. So although we owned it for just a very, very short time, we did manage to have a little fun with it while it lasted. So that was that for Toyota. Until that is many, many years later, when we went electric with a Toyota Prius and recaptured a little bit of that sports car feel. Mileage is fantastic, but it definitely could use a bit more power in the passing lane. And so that's it for today's short little essay on old cars. <laughs> You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.